0: Today is part three of our homily series this summer called Harvest. Jesus says the harvest is abundant and the workers are few. So pray for the master of the harvest to send out more workers for the harvest. This series is all about evangelization. And you and I, brothers and sisters, are those workers that have been prayed for for so long. Evangelization is simply bringing in the harvest of God's sons and daughters that he's already been growing. It's bringing in the harvest. Last week we talked about fear and how we don't need to give in to fear because God's the one at work, God's the one who equips us, who sends us out. We don't need to give in to fear. Today we're going to talk about reward, different kind of motivation that God actually wants to reward us for bringing in the harvest. In that first reading, we heard about reward from the Shunammite woman. The prophet Elisha, he's spreading the word of God all throughout Israel, traveling around. And this Shunammite woman and her husband give him dinner from time to time. And finally, the, the wife says to her husband, You know, honey, Elisha, he's here all the time. He's, he's a prophet of God. Can we, like, make a room for him in the house so we can stay over, have a place to lay his head? And so they do. They make him this kind of rooftop hotel, and Alicia stays there. And one morning as he leaves, before he heads out, he says to his servant Gehazi, he says, Gehazi, these people are so kind. What can we do for them? Gehazi says, well, you know, the husband, he's he's getting up there, and they don't have any children. So what's Alicia do? He finds... The woman he says to her by this time next year you will hold in your arms a son and he walks out the door it's a great scene in the bible she's like what <laughs> and so it happens the next year she has a son in her arms and she is so grateful to God she was rewarded because she made a space in her home for the word of God she brought in Alicia. she brought in the prophet, but really she was bringing in the word of God so that it could spread and take root. And the reward she was given was so much more than she ever could have expected. But she was rewarded. When I think about times in my life that have been the most rewarding, I can't help but think of a time back in seminary before I was ordained. A bunch of my brothers and I, we got together and we, we kind of had a crazy idea. We said, what if we got together and we just went onto the campus of the University of Minnesota and we just talked to people about Jesus? And so we did. We took three days, three days of our spring break, we went on campus two by two, and we just struck up random conversations with whoever we could find. Students in the Quad, students in Kauffman Union, people on the street, bus stops, and we just started talking to them. And we would start by just making small talk, you know, hey, how, how are you? How's your day going? You student here, what are you studying? Kind of just have some conversation, see where things went. And sometimes God would provide this opening to be able to have some of those threshold conversations we talked about last week. And sometimes there was an opening to even share our testimony to why we follow Jesus. And one of the most rewarding parts of that week is we'd come home for dinner every night together, and we would just swap stories about what God did in all these different people through us. We were laughing, we were crying, we had joyful hearts, and we were just, it was so rewarding that we just gave the Lord a little bit of space for his word to grow, and it was so joyful. Just amazing memories I'll never forget. Such a rewarding experience. We took three days out of our spring break, and we said, Lord, this is for you. This is for your word to spread. Use us however you want. And we didn't know what was going to happen. I mean, this this was a real risk for all of us. (laughs) But it was so rewarding, more than we ever thought possible. The practical tool that I want to hand on to you today in this part of the series is your personal testimony to Christ. Christ. Every disciple of Christ has a personal testimony to Christ that you can share with your voice and with your words. Now you may be wondering, like, Father, what are you preparing us for? Are we going to the U in a month or so? I don't know, maybe we should. But maybe some of you are called to do just that, to go out into public squares. I'm sure some of you are called to that, but all of us have the ability to share our personal testimony with people who we encounter, people very close to us and sometimes even strangers. A personal testimony is simply your story of how you've come to encounter Christ and had your life changed by him. It's not proclaiming doctrine, it's not teaching, it's your story, it's personal to you, it's unique. It doesn't have to be long. I've given a 30 second version of my testimony, a three minute version, and a half hour version. But however long it is, it's really just three main parts. It's, here's how my life was before I knew Jesus. Here's what happened to my life when I came to know Jesus, discovered him, or came to know him more deeply, or came back to him. And here's how my life is now that I follow Jesus. It's that simple. Here's how my life was. Here's how I encountered Christ. He encountered me how I met him, or met him more deeply if you already are a disciple, and here's how my life is now that I follow him. Here's how life is different, here's how life has changed, Here's, here's why I live the way I live. It doesn't need to be awkward, it doesn't need to be preachy, it shouldn't be preachy, it's your story that you're able to put into words and share with someone else when you have the sense that God is opening this door. Your homework this week is actually to craft and come up with your testimony. There's a worksheet by all the doors when you head out today. Make sure you grab a bulletin and grab one of those testimony worksheets. Really simple. And take some time to pray about, Lord, what is my story? How have you impacted my life? How is my life different? And how can I share that with other people in a way which is just really humble and simple and that gives you glory, that helps your word to spread? Maybe most helpful will be like, what are some examples of like how this might work? Well, let me give you three examples. Think of these as, as like scenarios and situations where someone has an opening to share their testimony, because like we don't do this in the abstract, right? I mean, you could go on a street corner and just start proclaiming. Saints have done that, but oftentimes this comes up just in times around a table or meeting someone in a very familiar place. Here is a personal testimony to Christ of a man who's. A recovering addict who meets someone who's who is still in addiction and trying to get out and here's what the Christian says to the other he says let me tell you something I was addicted to meth and cocaine by age 18 I had alienated my family quit high school and I was facing major prison time I was ashamed I was afraid I was depressed I wanted to quit the world That's when Jesus found me. Facing a 20 year prison sentence, I picked up a Bible on the floor and I prayed God, I don't know how to get to you, but if you're real, like they say you're real, please help me. That's when everything changed. I felt loved for the first time, I felt like God had a future for me. And later I was baptized. I spent seven years in prison, but afterward I was accepted into a prestigious university with a full ride. I'm now married to the love of my life, and the Lord has blessed my wife and I with a beautiful daughter. I'm now a pastor of a church in my hometown. God does more than deliver from sin. He makes all things beautiful in his time. Friends, that is a beautiful personal testimony to Christ. And if your testimony is like that, what we call maybe a rock bottom testimony, where like there's nowhere to go but up, like everything is just darkness and despair, and God rescues you out of the pit, if that's like your testimony, praise God. That's an important testimony. But friends, just because your story is not like this story does not mean it's any less important. Here's another testimony from a situation where a young father, he's got cancer, he's got some young kids, and at his workplace, people are surprised at just how positive and upbeat he is with his cancer diagnosis. And here's kind of how this happened in the workplace. Hey, Bob, you know how earlier you said you were surprised at how positive and hopeful I've been ever since I got my diagnosis? Well, can I share with you where I get that from? When I was younger, I probably would have gotten so anxious and afraid about bad news like this. But over the last few years, Jesus has shown me in prayer how I can really let go and let him be in charge. Jesus says he's the good shepherd. That means I don't have to figure everything out. He's leading me. I'm part of his flock. So when we got the news about the cancer, yes, it was hard but I knew there was a greater purpose to it, and that no matter what happens, I know Jesus is guiding me each day. That is an important testimony. That's a real story of the impact of Christ that's been noticed by others. And if you have a testimony like that, if you've ever had that situation in your life, that is so important. And you can share that. Here's a third example. In this scenario, there's a woman who's a grandmother who's living a very ordinary life on the outside, being a grandma. And her grandkids ask her about her younger years. So she has this opportunity to like talk about her life very open-endedly. And here's how she talks to her grandkids. She says, well, you know, my younger years, you know that we're a Catholic family, but you may not know that I didn't always go to church. When I was a younger lady, I stopped going to church for a long time and did some things that I'm not proud of. In fact, I was angry with God for a long time because of what happened to me. After I married grandpa, I had your mom, I had your uncle, and life was good but I still felt like something big was missing. What I was missing was my relationship with God. That's when I started going back to church. I went to confession, and all of a sudden, I felt like I was alive again. It was like I could sense Jesus in me and around me. My friends from church are important to me, and they all helped me to see that following Jesus as a wife and a mother and a grandmother is my mission in life. And I love the mission he's given me. I love helping others to feel God's love. I'm sure that many people in St. Rose of Lima could give a testimony with some similarities to that. And how important is that testimony? How beautiful is that personal witness to Christ about the difference he's made? Sure, it's not maybe a rock-bottom testimony from Grandma, but the truth is that Jesus did save all of us from rock-bottom. He rescued all of us from eternal death and separation. All of us, Jesus has saved from that. And now he asks us to give witness to what he's done for us so others can discover his life and his love. And as we give witness to what he's done in our lives, he promises to reward us both in this life and the joy he gives us in this life that's more than we could ever know, and in the reward of eternal life. Friends, there there may be, of course, times when we share our testimony, we tell people about Jesus in our lives, and sometimes they receive it with joy, and they're like, wow, like, would you pray with me? Or, like, they think to themselves, like, maybe I should go back to church, maybe I should pray. If this can happen to my friend, my grandma, uh, my, my relative, maybe it could happen to me. And it gives such hope. And sometimes we give our testimony and it just sounds like it bounces off. It sounds like nothing happens. In fact, I know there are people in this church who have given their testimony to some of their relatives in the most gentle, loving way they could and they just blow them off. Oh, that's nice. Okay. So how do you think the twins will do this season, huh? And that's painful. But nonetheless, we are called to evangelize. We're called to bring in the harvest. And one of the most important things you can do is be able to articulate the story of the impact Christ has made in your life. Why does Christ matter to you? Why is your life different? Why are you Christian? All of us can put words to that and have that ready for the moment we're called to share. And God will do amazing things through that. Friends, just like the woman from Shunem, she carved out that place in her house for the word of God. She made a little space for the word to grow, and she was rewarded. When we take a risk and we, we begin to just try to do this, we just prepare for this and say, Lord, like, I don't know how this testimony thing is going to work, but I'm going I'm to come up with that. I'm going to pray about that. And I'm going to look for opportunities to share that with other people in love and with kindness, with gentleness. <sighs> Get ready, friends. You won't even realize that the joy in store for you. When you carve out that space in your life and say, Lord, this is just for your word. I'm available for you. Bring in the harvest through me. Elisha proclaimed the word of God in Israel. Israel. And he had no idea that one day, 800 years later, that word would become flesh. That word would become incarnate. That word would become food and drink that we have today. He had no idea what was in store. But we do. We do know. As we celebrate the word incarnate that's given to us in food and drink today, let's ask that Jesus' true food and true drink in his body and blood would give us this grace To spread the word of God, to bring in the harvest, and to share our personal testimonies of how Christ has loved us and saved us and brought us to joy.